I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Say it like like you mean it this time. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your people. Father, I pray that you will use me as an oracle of God to speak into their lives faith. And I declare in Jesus' name that their hearts will get filled with faith. Their lives will change for the better. Their lights will shine like never before. And most of all, Father, they will receive the blessings and promises that you have made in your word. And so as I step back, Holy Spirit, step up so that everything that is said and done will bring glory to God and bring encouragement to his people. In Jesus' name I pray, let everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I want to talk about staying in faith. Everybody say staying in faith. One of the biggest weapons that God has given his children is faith. Sometimes when we're going through trials and tests in our lives, we tend to forget that God has given us a weapon called faith. And our faith sometimes when we're going through things tend to waver. And unfortunately, in my opinion, most believers don't have a firm understanding of what faith is or how it works. And so... One thing that I know is clear that's in God's word is that faith is needed to please God and faith is also needed to obtain his promises for our lives. And so if you're taking notes this morning, you can write down our topic, stay in faith. Just look at the person next to you and tell them, stay in faith. If you have your Bibles, find Romans chapter 12 verses 1, Romans 12, 1. And then Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to look in verse 28. That was Romans chapter 12, verses 1. And then Matthew chapter 14, we're going to look in verse 28. Every believer has faith. And here is why it was issued to us the moment we made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. But the problem is most people don't understand biblical faith. So turn your Bibles to Romans 12. I want to read it. It says in verse 1, I beseech you therefore brethren. Everybody say brethren. Okay, so Paul was talking to Christians. He says, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercy of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you do that, it says you will be able to prove what is good, 
what is acceptable and what the perfect will of God is. Look at verse 3. Here's our focus verse. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Now remember now he's talking to Christians. To every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly according as God has dealt or issued to every man. Read this part with me. The measure of faith. Everybody say the measure of faith. Now see the key word in that verse is the word the. Because God didn't give to every man a measure of faith. God gave to every believer the measure of faith, which means whatever that amount was, is what everybody received when we received Jesus Christ. So guess what? We all start with the same amount of faith, but we don't all stay with the same amount of faith. And let me tell you something. Here's why faith has the ability to grow. Faith is like a muscle. How many work out? Let me see your hand. How many want to work out but don't? Brad, let me see your hand. I'm in that bunch right there. I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. Well, when your muscle sizes increase, it's not because you got more muscle per se. Your muscle just got exercised. It grew, but it's the same muscle. It grew because you used it. Now, I love this because... The measure of faith that God gave us is designed to help us overcome challenges in life, whatever they may be. Right now, 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whatsoever or whosoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, I'm going to read that in the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. You don't have a money problem, you have a faith problem. You don't have a relationship problem, you have a faith problem. Because see, once you learn faith, once you learn the word, then the word is, is designed to help you overcome anything that you encounter. Amen. And faith, watch this now, is God's power to change a situation. Amen. Faith is a lifestyle, not a life jacket. I'm going to say that again. Faith is a lifestyle, not a life jacket. See, when faith is a lifestyle... It's what you live by. It's what you believe. But when faith is a life jacket, you only pull it out when you need it. And that's why the Bible tells us, it says, the just shall live by faith. See, faith is a lifestyle. It's not something that you do. It's who you become. It's it's who you are. Amen. So faith can be operated at different levels. So I'm just going to give you this. And here's, I'm starting out elementary and here's why. A lot of people have no clue of what faith is. And see, faith has changed my life. Amen. Faith is like a tool. You can use it when you need it. And I'm going to show you at the end how you can know when your faith is working. But see, I've learned how to use my faith. And see, I've been in circumstances and situations where it looked impossible. Everybody say years ago. 
Years ago, uh, uh, my parents, when I was in high school, they gave me a Nova, a Chevrolet Nova. Back in those days, you know, the ignition key was square and the door key was round. How many remember that? Let me see your hand. You over 40, that's why. Anyway, I had moved to Ohio and left my extra set of keys here in Texas. Well, one day I had accidentally locked my keys in my car. And uh, at the time I was staying with this lady named Miss Johnson. She was like my grandmother. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I had what I call a self-alarm system installed on my car. That's when you break the top off of the knob that you pull up. I broke the top off of it so you couldn't get a hanger and pull it up. So I had broke the top off of it so I couldn't get a hanger and try to, you know, do that. And, and you know, this is when, you know, those, uh, what do you call those things that they get in now that police use? What are those? Who? Okay, how y'all know? Anyway, you know, these these weren't all the way invented yet. So... I'm like, man, and, and so I had to go somewhere. And so I was like, man, what am I going to do? And so the Lord told me to go inside and get Miss Johnson's keys and use her keys to open my door. And that's, that's, that's crazy. Who else's keys are going to fit in my car? Now, she did have a Chevrolet. She had a station wagon with the wood on the side. How many know what I'm talking about? I never liked to ride with Miss Johnson. I would duck way down off in the seat when I was riding with her. So I went inside and I asked her to use her keys. I'm glad she didn't ask me why because I didn't want to explain it. I get outside and so I'm trying to use her round key to get into my door and it wasn't happening. And, and I'm starting to get frustrated. And I said, Lord, you know, what's happening? He said, take her ignition key and open your trunk with it and then just push your back seat back and get in your car. So I went to my trunk. I stuck my, the round, the square key of her car in my trunk and click. Man, my trunk opened. I was amazed. I got inside, pushed the seat back, got my keys. And before I gave her her keys back, I was thinking, I wonder will that work again? So I closed the trunk. I kept my key this time though. I closed the trunk and I took that same key and tried it again and it didn't work. Now, I know some of y'all are thinking, I know I'm reading some of y'all. Oh, that was just luck. Well, I was telling this story at a youth conference. I told the whole story about I lost, I left my key in the car and how I got in the car. I used somebody else's key. And and there was a youth worker who had driven the youth van to the youth conference. And he had left the keys in the youth van. So... When he got outside, he realized, man, I done locked the keys up in the van. Now he got 15 people that can't go nowhere. So he started walking around the parking lot looking for 15 passenger vans. So he found one person. He says, hey, can I use your keys? And they said, for what? They said, well, Pastor Evans said he used somebody else's key (laughs) to open his car. So I want to use your key to open my car. So they said, okay, well, here you go. I want to go. And so I want to see if it's going to work. So he had like a little audience with him. So he gets, he gets to the van and takes the, 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 the round key, the right key for the door. And God told him to stick the key in and just pull it out just a little bit and click. Guess what? The van key open. What's my point? My point is faith is no respect of persons. Amen. God, listen. 
He's not a respect of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And see, some of us want God to feel sorry for us. Well, he does. But that doesn't release his power. What releases God's power is our faith. Now, in Mark chapter 4, go to Mark 4. I think I told you to go there at the beginning. Mark 4. I'm just going to show you some different levels of faith. So you can see uh, what happens because... What happens when you stop exercising? What happens to your muscles? They go right back to the way they were before you start working out. That's why I don't work out. It's useless. You work out, get yourself all looking nice, and then you take a couple of weeks off, and next thing you know, I mean, it'll shriveled up like a... Oh, no, no. So, uh, you know... Paul told Timothy, bodily exercises profited little. I'm not saying don't exercise. But don't expect me to. So sometimes we can operate in no faith. Everybody say no faith. It says in Mark chapter 4 verse 37, it says, And there arose a great storm. And the waves beat into the ship, so it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship. He was asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said, Master, care not that we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. And he said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have, read it with me, no faith. Everybody say no faith. Now, if you notice... Fear was present when faith wasn't. So you have no faith. Here's the next one. You have great faith. In Matthew 15, 28, you don't have to go there. I'm just going to read it. It says, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. In other words, Jesus was telling this woman, her faith is what made her daughter whole. So you have no faith, you have great faith. And then here's one that I want to focus on this morning because I believe a lot of people fluctuate here. And that is little faith. Everybody say little faith. Now go to Matthew 14. We're going to look in verse 28. Matthew 14, 28. And here's why I'm covering this. Some of you all are going through some things and you think money is going to fix the problem. Money is not going to fix the problem. Because if money would have fixed the problem, it would have fixed it by now. Do you know that people who win the lottery are broke in five years? Most of us don't even have a money money problem. You know what we have? We have a management problem. Oh, I'm going to say it on this side over here. You know what the problem is with most of those people over here? (laughs) They don't have a money problem. They have a management problem. See, I got an amen from them. Matthew 14, verse 28, he says, And Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come unto you, on the water. And I love the first four verse, four words in, ver, in verse 29. Watch what he says. And he said, come. Let's say that together. And he said, come. Let's say that one more time. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30. 
But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Notice now, watch out, fear showed up. And so beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of what? Little faith. Watch this now because I'm going to show you something. He says, where did you doubt? Interesting. Now let's just play this out. Peter was in a boat. Let's say the boat is here. Jesus was where the keyboard is. And when he saw Jesus, he said, Jesus, if that's you, let me walk on the water to come to you. And so the Bible said, Jesus said, he said, come. So the Bible says he gets out of the ship and starts to walk on water. See, most people think as soon as he got out, he dropped. No, no, no. It said that Peter walked on the water. So watch this. He walked on the water. But somewhere between him getting out of the boat and him getting to Jesus, he began to sink. Here's my question. Where in the process did he start sinking? And that's why Jesus asked him the question. Where did you doubt? Because let me say something to you and I'm going to teach you on it in just a second. Doubt will sink your faith every time. Now look in verse 29 because I'm going to show you something here. Notice it said, and he said, come. In other words, watch this now. If you're taking notes, write this down. Something has to be said for your faith to work. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So watch this. If faith comes when I hear, then guess what? Faith must be spoken. Did you hear me? So when Jesus told Peter, come, faith to come became available. So before you and I's faith can work, something has to be said. Watch this now. And here's the thing. What got you in faith is what's going to keep you in faith. See, a lot of times what happened, watch this now, the word is what got Peter out of the boat to walk on the water to Jesus. Do you agree with me? He had to stop focusing on the word because he began to sink. Watch this. Had he kept his eyes on the word, the same word that got him out of the boat is the same word that would get him to Jesus. And so what happens when we're going through something, watch this, we step out on the word. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And then when we start looking at getting persecution on the job, or people start hating you, or things may be going backwards, that what we do, we take our eyes off of that word, and we do like Peter did. He started looking around. Well, here's the second thing I want to show you about verse 39. To step out in faith, you must be willing to step away from your security. I'm going to say that again. See, to step out of faith, you got to step out of your security. He had to get out of the boat in order to, watch this, to experience his faith in action. See, some of us, we want God to do something when God is waiting on us to get out of the boat. The Bible says the steps 
of a good man are ordered by the Lord, not the step. We want to step and say, okay, God, what do I do? No, 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 no. Let me just tell you what the Lord is telling you. Keep stepping. To step out of faith, you must be willing to step from your security. I had to do that to start this church. Amen. Uh, you know, what's, what's, what's interesting is, you know, my wife and I quit the job on the same day. I just called and said, okay, we quitting today. What? I said, get all your stuff. We, we, we quitting. We quitting today? What are we going to do? I don't know. I knew the Lord had told me to start a church. I just didn't know when, right? But I was getting this stern and I knew it was time. I knew it was time. I, and let me just say this. When it's time for you to, for, to do something major like that, God's going to confirm it. Don't let yourself be the only confirmation. Listen, if God had to confirm Jesus, then why don't you need confirmation? You know, John the Baptist announced who Jesus was and what Jesus was going to do. Well, God loves you enough to confirm somebody telling somebody, you know, you can't be your own prophet, priest, and king. Well, the Lord told me, well, who else has told you? Amen. Here's the third thing about verse 29. Is that he walked on the water. Peter walked on the water. But really, in reality, Peter really walked on faith. And then here's the last one about that verse. Is that your faith should always move you toward Christ and not from Christ. See, I see people, uh, single people all the time, they start dating somebody and their spiritual life goes backwards. Stop going to church, stop praying, stop reading your Bible, stop being celibate. But this person ain't pushing you toward Christ. Okay, that didn't work. Let me just go to the next point here. (laughs) Watch this. Whatever Peter saw, overrode what Jesus said. Whatever Peter, and the Bible says he saw the wind and the waves. Can I tell you something? The wind and the waves was already there. But the Bible says when he saw it, he began to sink. So watch this now. Never let what you see override what you have heard. Never let what you see override what you have heard. When God makes a promise to you, whether it's in his word or he gives it to you by his spirit, when he gives you a promise, don't let what you see back you up from what you believe. Amen. They told me four, no, four times to be in this school. Four times. And see, most of us would be like, well, it must not be the will of God for me to be in the building. So I guess I'll just look for another place. Well, no, that's not what the Lord told me. See, because when God grants you a yes, eventually man's going to have to give you one. And so eventually you can see we've been in the building and we're getting ready to get out in Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Never let what you see override what you have heard. Something happened to Peter. Between getting out of the boat and getting to Jesus, 
His faith stopped working. Because verse 31 says, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where did you doubt? And when you look up that word, wherefore did you doubt? It means at what point did you doubt? At what place did you doubt? At what time did you doubt? And if you will look at your life and some of the things that you've gone through, you can see where you started doubting. Because see, doubt has some cousins. Oh yeah, doubt has cousins called worry, anxiousness, fear. See, all of those are relatives to doubt. And notice, doubt caused Peter's faith to stop working. And that word doubt means to waver in opinion. See, doubt takes place in the heart and the heart is influenced by the mind. Let me tell you how this works, okay? When you doubt, First of all, believing is spiritual. Having faith is spiritual, okay? Doubt, you can't see it. It's a spiritual thing. Fear is a spirit. That's why Paul told Timothy, he says, listen, God has not given you the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. If it's invisible, it's a spirit. And so a lot of us, we don't realize that When we start being fearful and when doubt starts working, see, doubt starts in the head. But if you let it linger too long, it will sift down to your heart. And see, here's the problem. Your heart is where you believe. Romans 10, 9, you know, we confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead. You shall be saved. See, you believe from the heart. You don't believe from your head. See, your head will change, you know, change. You know, your head is like the weather. That's why it's important to renew your mind. See, what happens? Your renewed mind acts as an anchor to a boat. Renew your mind. (laughs) I don't know what a frequency without. Once you renew your mind, Renewing your mind, watch this, anchors you to the promises in his word. And most of us, we're not anchored. So what happens? Doubt comes into our mind. Watch this, Mark chapter 11. I want you to go to Mark 11. Mark 11. We're almost done here because I'm going to show you something. Mark 11, look at verse 23, which is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Mark 11, look at verse 23. It says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say... Unto this mountain. Notice you're supposed to say to the mountain and not talk about it. Most people talk about the mountain. Girl, you know they laying off, don't you? I heard they starting with our department. Did you hear that? No, no, you're talking about the mountain. He said, whosoever shall say to the mountain, watch this, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, watch this, and shall not doubt where? In his heart. Listen. If it stays in your head long enough, if you meditate on it, it's going to hit your heart. He goes on to say, but shall believe that those things, watch this, which he what? Say it shall come to pass. Read this with me. He shall have whatsoever he said. Let's just stop right there. My question to you is what you saying every day? Let me tell you something. You know why we got those 1,500 chairs? Because I'm confessing that all of our needs are met with our building. We have everything that we need. We function in overflow. And we will have more than what we need when we end the process. Amen. 
Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have out of against any, that your Father which is, which is in heaven may forgive you your trespass. In other words, you know what can stop your faith from working? Unforgiveness. I just wanted to throw that out there. So here's my question. How does a person get out of faith and then how do they get back in faith? Because see, that's what happened to Peter. Peter started out in faith. But then, as he went toward the promise, he began to sing. So what happens? Well, we get out of faith just like Peter did. It's when we allow, watch this, what we see or what we hear to distract us. Amen. It says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Never let what you see. Cause fear to come in your heart. See, at the end of the day, God's going to work it together for your good anyway. See, most of us, when you're going through stuff, you really ought to just be thanking God through the process that you're going to have a testimony. You know, the devil takes pleasure in us worrying. And see, I know some of y'all, I don't worry, I'm just concerned. Same thing. It is the same thing. Can you imagine what the devil would be doing is when he sends trials our way and we sit there and we go, well, Father, thank you that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And any tongue that rises up against me, you will prove to be wrong. Lord, thank you that you have made me the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. You always cause me to win and triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. The major factor that helps to decrease a person's faith is our mind. Now write this down, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says this, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So what we have to do is involve as many of our senses as possible to stay in faith. See, because it's your senses that get you out of faith. When I say your senses, you know, your smell, your touch, your hear, your, your sight. You know, see, that's what happened to Peter. Peter saw something that he thought could keep him from getting to Jesus. You know, all he had to, listen, really all he had to do was close his eyes. That's what some of y'all need to do. You need to close your eyes. When you get into work, don't look at the devil. You know that's the devil. You know that's the devil. They are married to the devil. Their last name is devil. Don't You know that's the devil. Close your eyes. We have to involve our senses. Watch this now. Hebrews 12 verses 1. I'm going to read it. It says, in fact, go to Hebrews 12 1. This will be our last one. This will be our last one. Then I'm going to give you some steps of how to stay in faith. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1. It says, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Watch this now. Looking unto Jesus, not looking unto the circumstance, but looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know what that means? That means if he started it, he can finish it. 
who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. Verse, verse three, watch this. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you and I be wearied. That word weary means to lose courage, lest we lose courage and faint or get tired in our minds. So the biggest thing that you and I need to do to stay in faith is to keep your thinking right. Amen. So, how do we stay in faith? I'm going to read Proverbs 4 verse 20 because the answer of how we stay in faith is found in Proverbs chapter 4 verses 20 through 24. This is what it says. My son, attend to my words. And incline thine ear to my sayings. Here's the first thing to stay in faith. Is that you got to keep the word in your ears. When you're going through. You don't need to be listening to nobody. But Jesus Christ. When I say nobody. I mean you need to hear the word. Y'all sitting up there listening to. uh, I don't know what y'all listen to. but Let me see if I can find some current stuff. Uh, I don't know. You know, when I first heard uh, this song called uh, "I Stretch My Father, I Stretch My Hands," I thought that the, that was the most ridiculous song I've ever heard in my life. Now, I'm not talking about the old school hymn. I'm not talking about that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. These young people know what I'm talking about. I heard that song. I was like, he should be ashamed of himself. My point is, when you're going through something, you got to. Keep the word in your ear. If you get in my car right now, on the way here, I was listening to my pastor. And then I switched over to satellite and I listened to Joe's uh, station as well. So the first thing is you're going to keep the word in your ears. Then he says in verse 21, let them not depart from your eyes. Here's number two. You're going to keep the word before your eyes. Don't just listen to the word. Look at it with your eyes. When I'm listening to the Bible, if I, you know, if, if it's my quiet time, I'll listen to it and follow it in my Bible. Because he's saying, keep it before your eyes. Watch verse 22. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Watch verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it comes, uh, flows the issues of life. Verse 24. Here's the third thing. Put away from you a forward or a perverse mouth and perverse lips put far from you if you're going to stay in faith you got to keep the word in your mouth so here was the first one you're going to keep the word in your where in your ears the second one you're going to keep the word where before your eyes and then the third one you're going to keep the word where in your mouth so now you're not going to just talk crazy See, what you have to do is do what I did years ago. I just had to convince myself that everything I say comes to pass. See, that way my heart doesn't have to discriminate between what I really believe and what I don't. See, some of y'all, your heart is confused because it doesn't know if you really believe that or not. So it doesn't do anything. But see, if your heart knows that, okay, everything that I say, I want, it, I want you to bring it in my, my life, you won't be saying stuff like, I'm going to jail if they say that to me again. 
You know, because you will know what's in somebody's life when you listen to them. And man, the worst language comes out of believers' hearts when they're going through something. So why not say, if God is for me, who can be against me? Instead of saying, I know they hating on me. Who is they anyway? So there are five things that you and I can expect to see or happen when our faith is working. Because here's the problem. Most believers don't know if their faith is working. Well, I'm about to give you five things that you can always measure to determine if your faith is working. Here's the first thing is God will give you a plan of action. In other words, when you're standing in faith, when you're believing in faith, when you believe in God for something, one of the things that will happen is that God will give you a plan of action. In other words, he'll give you a detailed direction on what he wants you to do or how he wants you to do it. And then if a plan of action doesn't come, the second thing he's going to give you is some wisdom from God. And I love this because now I'm not just waiting. Most people who wait, they get tired because they're not waiting on the Lord. They're waiting on their circumstance to change. No, it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Listen, you should be stronger, not weaker. Amen. So, wisdom from God. That's what happened when I was trying to get in my car. Wisdom came. Here's the third thing. Favor from God. See, here it is. You know, now we got the money for our building. And I have worked out all the other stuff and finally got down to a price. And all of a sudden, somebody wants to donate 1,500 chairs. Man. You know, I already calculated. If, if I sold each chair for $50, what is that? That's like $75,000, I think. That's enough to buy some chairs. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody say favor from God. And then if favor hasn't shown up, then a miracle. Because you know God is still in the miracle working business. God can still do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think or imagine. Listen, don't put God in a box. Because God made the box. Man, listen. You wait for God to do a miracle. And then the fifth thing is if none of that happens, if you haven't got a plan of action, you haven't got wisdom from God, you haven't got a plan, uh, uh, favor from God or a miracle, then watch what you're going to do. You're going to have strength to endure until change comes. Because see, sometimes God is trying to help us wait it out. Sometimes you got to wait the devil out. Amen. You don't want to rush God because you don't know what he's up to. You praying for another job somewhere else when God is planning to get rid of your boss. Lord, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. And the Holy Spirit is saying, Lord, keep him there. Keep him there. Keep him there. Strength to endure. Until change comes. And let me tell you something. That one can change your life. The Bible says, let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, 
wanting nothing. You can get to a point where you have enough patience that you can wait it out. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to make a crazy decision. I've been without a building for 11 years. Why am I going to make a decision that's going to push us back? No, sir. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to wait the devil out. Because I see God's hand getting ready to move in some things. And he don't want you to get in the way with every head and bowed. Father, in Jesus' name, We know that we need to keep our ears full of the word. We need to keep the word before our eyes. We need to keep the word in our mouth. Because you're trying to do some things that we can't see. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to discern what you're trying to do in our lives. Because you are faithful who have promised. Father, it might be delayed, but I know it hasn't been denied. And I pray that you will help your people see that you're in the midst of doing a miracle. You're ready to move the Red Sea. You're not. Listen, you are still in the miracle working business. So, Father, first of all, we want to thank you for being a miracle working God. Forgive us where we've been impatient and where we've tried to work it out ourselves and where we've made a mess and working through it. But Father, we submit it to you. And Lord, I thank you that miracles are on the way. A plan of action is on the way. Favor is on the way in the name of Jesus. And Lord, until those things come, thank you for strength to endure until change comes thank you that as we wait on the Lord you said we shall renew our strength we will mount up with wings as eagles we will run and not be weary we will walk and not oh we can make it oh we can stand oh we can go on somebody's ready to give up God said don't give up a miracle is on the way hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 I prayed this a while back and it happened. I saw some held up money for some people. I declared that on a Sunday morning, on that Tuesday, I remember God word that Almost three years of pay was being given back to them. Three years of back pay. Six figures was coming. That didn't look like it was coming. And you know what church? I see some more held up money coming. I don't know where it's coming from. And I don't know who it's coming to. But if you open up your heart right now and receive by faith this word. Hallelujah. I see some VA money being released. Whoa. I see some VA money being released. Hallelujah. 
I see a family fighting over some money. Somebody's died. I don't know if it was the mama or the daddy. Somebody died and left a whole lot of property and money. And the folks down here on earth that's left over is fighting about it. And so because they can't get in agreement to do what the person wanted, it's being held up. But I see it being released. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to somebody right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just worship him right there at your seat. Just, just worship him right there. Lord, thank you for being such a good God. With every head still bowed, if you're here today and you died, here's my question. Are you 100% sure?